meant to turn to it. I didn't quite get there. But uh, over here in the, in the book of Ephesians chapter 3, uh, Paul is writing here. And he says in verse 14, he says, For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might in his, by his Spirit in the inner man. And, of course, we, uh, we oftentimes use these verses here, especially verse 16, that says that, uh, talking about prayer, that we can be strengthened with might. Uh, and that word might there is, is the supernatural miracle working power of God. It's a dunamis, right? Uh, that uh, the Lord wants us to pray that we'd be strengthened with supernatural might in, uh, in our inner man. Amen. And if you are strengthened with supernatural might in your inner man, you will stay the course regardless. Amen. It's easy to stay the course if you're strengthened with, with might. Uh, the, the part that the Lord's just been impressing upon me this week is verse 15 there, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. You know, uh, uh, there, that word family there is singular. There's only one family of God. Amen. And it's, and it's separated right now between those in heaven and those in the earth. Amen. There are the members of the family of God in heaven and earth. And, and uh, you know, the Lord is the one who created the family. Amen. And our natural families, our blood families on the earth, are a type and a shadow of the family of God. Uh, and so just like marriage on the earth is a type and a shadow of our relationship with the Lord Jesus, but our, our natural families are a type and shadow of the family of heaven because it's a singular family. So we're not going to have multiple families in heaven. It's going to be one uh, giant uh, happy family there. And, you know, family is, is so important to the Lord. Uh, the Lord created the family. He designed the family. He desires the family to, to, uh, to be in harmony. And, uh, and if you look at our society, there's such a, a uh, drive and a push to destroy the family. You know, the family is supposed to be a husband and wife and children, and, uh, and, and that's the core of the family. Uh, and now, you know, it's like whatever goes. Amen. You can have two, two dads, two moms, whatever. Uh, and, and even you don't even need a family, you know. Uh, and... Uh, and yet the Lord himself established a family. Amen. And then you hear things uh, where people will say, well, we are all God's children. Well, that's not true. Amen. Uh, uh, God created the spirits of all men that came into the earth. But men, once they arrive on the earth, get to choose which family they become a part of. Amen. Uh, and remain in, in uh, because Jesus said in John eight forty four that you are of your father, the devil. He told the people that their that their father uh, in other words, the family they were part of was not the family of God, but the family of the devil. And so uh, all people on the earth are not God's children. Amen. Uh, and and uh, don't believe when people say that because what they're saying is that, therefore, everybody gets to go to heaven regardless of how they live or act on the earth. Well, that's not true. Amen. Uh, but people like to say that because that way they don't have to repent and don't have to live for God. They don't have to do anything that, that God instructs us to do. Uh, but there is a single family. We are all in a single family. And, and, you know, for me, when I travel and I travel, I've traveled all around the world, uh, I can go to any church that loves the Lord and I can feel right at home. feel just like I'm just at home and, and uh, comfortable there and enjoy the presence of these people uh, and worshiping the Lord. Uh, and that's family. Amen. I can go to any church that loves the Lord anywhere in the world and be right at home. Uh, and so, yeah, I just want to encourage you in that. You know, stay close to your family. Stay close to your natural family, but stay close to your church family. Amen. Because this th this family that Paul is talking about is your church family. Amen. It's not your natural family. It's the the eternal family that we have in heaven and, and earth. Amen. 
Uh, and, and it's valuable and helpful for us to continue to de develop relationships uh, with each other in, in a church family uh, and get to know each other. You know, uh, oftentimes people are, are uncomfortable with that, right? They don't want, you know, they, they want to be the anonymous church member. Uh, well, that's not really, uh, you know, you don't go uh, to your to Thanksgiving meal at your mom's house and just sit in a corner and, and do nothing, right? Well, if you do, we probably need to have some counseling for that. But uh, you don't, right? You, you just uh, eat like everybody else eats, amen? You, you interf uh, interface with everybody like everybody else does. Uh, well, it, it, uh, it's helpful for us to, to get to know one another, amen? Uh, and, you know, if a, if a church family is, is uh, developed correctly, we should never be afraid of that, amen? Oftentimes people are afraid to really show who they are because people are going to be judging them and be unkind towards them or say things about them. Uh, that's not my job. It's above my pay grade to judge people, amen? And so it's okay to, you know, let your hair down and, and enjoy each other's company in a church family, amen, because you're stuck with us. I mean, you're stuck with us till, till forever, I mean, etern eternal family, amen. And so we can get to know each other on the, on the earth um, or we get to know each other in heaven. It would be to your advantage to get, let uh, people know who you are on the earth, amen. And I, I enjoy our church family. I mean, I enjoy the family of God. I enjoy uh, the people in this ministry. I enjoy getting to know them and being part of their lives, amen. Uh, and it's to your advantage to do that, amen, because it's strength. Because it, it, he goes right into talking about the family to being strengthened, amen. Uh, and um, it's really hard for you to be strengthened as, an, as a, a lone individual, amen. So uh, stay close to the family, amen. Uh, and, um, and, so that, and that's just what the Lord was just encouraging me about this week. And so I thought I'd encourage you about the same thing, amen. Uh, so let's stand and greet each other for just a minute. We'll get into praise and worship. Yes, Father. Yes, Father. Take this very bread that you've given to us. We express our gratitude and love to you, Father. We take this breath, Father, and we bless the name of the Most High God. Father, we take this, take this breath, Father, and we speak life into the, into the lives of people around us. Father, we declare by faith that your word will be done on the earth in our lives. This breath, Father, is precious. 
carries the power of faith into the world. Father, and it carries the glory of God as we worship you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. You are great, Father. And your name is great, Father. Thank you, Father, for the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Father, we pray for our brother Tony, Father, as he recovers, knowing, Father, that the power of God resides upon him to effect a healing and a cure, Father. Lord, we speak the name of Jesus, Father, and declare life in, uh, over his body. Father, we thank you that the Spirit of God that resides in him, the same Spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead, will quicken and make alive his mortal body. Father, we thank you for a speedy and swift recovery. Father, we thank you for a recovery without pain, Father, and difficulties. Father, there's much work to be done. And Father, sickness and disease is only a hindrance to completing your work in the earth. So Father, we thank you for complete and total restoration, Father. That everything was done, was done well, Father. That every objective, Father, of the surgery is complete and totally met, Father. Father, we thank you. And Father, we pray for our brother John, Johnny, in the name of Jesus, Father, we speak life to his body. And Father, by the power of God, we rebuke the spirit of death in Jesus' name. Father, there's much work for Johnny to complete in this earth. And Father, it cannot be accomplished in the midst of cancer, Father, and surgeries. Father, we speak life to his body in Jesus' name. We speak the Zoe life of God to his body in Jesus' name. And life dispels death, Father. The two cannot coexist. So life in Jesus' name. Life in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. Father, we thank you for the great, sweet presence of the Spirit of God. In his ministry, God is a great comforter. We pray for our dear friend Doug Landon, Father, as his wife has moved into eternity to be with you. Father, he's left here, separated from her for a period of time. And so, Father, we thank you for your ministry of comfort, Father, to remind him, Father, of the hope of seeing her again, remind her, Father, of the joy that she is with you and free from sickness and disease. And Father, we thank you for the ministry of the Spirit of God who resides in our lives. 
Father, lead us and guide us into all truth, Father. Show us things to come. So, Father, we thank you. We thank you, Father, for your goodness and mercy upon our lives. Father, we choose to follow you and you alone. We choose to use our breath that you've given to us, Father, to speak words of life, Father, and not words of death, to declare the goodness of heaven, Father, and not the tragedies of the enemy. Father, you are worthy of all praise and honor, worthy of glory, Father. You're worthy, Father, for us to spend our energy and our breath, Father, to speak of your wonderful works. And Father, we will refrain from speaking curses in the earth. You said, Father, in your word that sweet water and bitter water should not come from the same fountain. We will use, Father, our breath to speak words of sweet waters, Father, into the lives of those around us, about the people around us, Father, for the people around us. So, Father, we thank you that our tongues have great power, Father, to release faith in, into the earth and to release the power of God into the lives of those around us. Father, we don't take that lightly. <clears throat> it is an awesome responsibility, Father, to watch over the words that we speak, Father. And so, Father, we do it with diligence. We thank you, Father, for your holy, precious spirit, Father. Thank you, Father. Father, we give you praise and honor for these things in Jesus' name. Well, praise God. Is the Lord good? We appreciate uh, spending time in His presence. Amen. The Word of God tells us that times of refreshing come from the presence of the Lord. So it's our, to our advantage to get into His presence as often as we can. Amen. Uh, the more that you spend in the presence of God, the less time you'll find that you spend in the presence of your own flesh. And, and um, it's, uh, it's good training. Amen. Because in the presence of God, there is fullness of joy, and there, there is the holiness of the Lord, and uh, you get to see a contrast between that and the world, amen? And it's to our advantage to do that, because oftentimes people will equate, well, everything is God, and, and it's not, everything is not. If you spend a minute in the presence of God, you will realize everything is not God, amen? Uh, everything that's going on in the world is not God. And yet, uh, those who love the devil and love his ways and works are always trying to equate everything that they do with God. They always seem to use God as a measurement. It's like, well, why do you care? If you hate God, why do you, why do you have to justify your works by using God's name? Amen? Just like we were talking about earlier, how people will say that uh, all the people on the earth are God's children. Well, why do they do that? You know, just come up with your own thing. You don't have to use God, you know? Uh, it's... Uh, they. It, they feel compelled to do that because they're being motivated by the enemy of mankind, you know, whose name is the devil, Lucifer, amen? And uh, even people in the church oftentimes will say crazy things like that, that we are all God's children. No, we're not. Jesus said we're not, amen? Uh, and so, yeah, but if you spend time in the presence of the Lord, a lot of those things just get ironed out, get straightened out. You know, you quit saying things that are just not true and 
things that are ungodly and uh, people that do those things fear the presence of God because uh, it exposes and it, and it brings to light things in our lives that we should remove, amen? Uh, and um, if you're a humble servant of the Lord, you long uh, for the presence of God because uh, you know that anything that's a hindrance between you and God is a hindrance between you, between you and getting closer to God. And so your desire is for the Lord to show you those things, to remove them out of your life so that you can continue to be closer to God each and every day. Amen? Uh, and, and that should be our desire, to be closer to God each and every day uh, and remove whatever hindrance, Lord, whatever it takes. Uh, and the more you spend time in, your, in the presence of the Lord, the more you, you appreciate how valuable that is and how it doesn't matter what the cost is on your part, it's worth the cost to get closer to the Lord. Amen? Sometimes the Lord will ask us to do things. And you remember the rich young ruler, the Lord told him, one thing you lack. One thing, there's one thing you lack uh, to be closer to me. And it says he went away sorrowful because he wasn't willing to. But you think about it, if he had made that choice, if he had made the right choice, the stories we might have heard of what that rich young ruler did after that, after he got closer to the, to the Lord, he might have been a person of legend for all we know that changed the world on behalf of God. But he kept his, his gold trinkets uh, and died empty. Amen. Now, I don't know if he later on repented. Of course, we don't know the, the rest of his life, what happened. But just think what he could. Jesus said, you're, you're one step away from the glory of God. You know, the nation of Israel, when they left Egypt, were, they, they were two weeks at most, two weeks journey to the, to the promised land. Two weeks. Took them 40 years. That's some bad directions right there, right? That's, you know, you go down, you know, look for the old Johnson farm, hang left at this third stump. You know, that's the kind of directions they must have got, right? Uh, they spent 40 years wandering around, wasting time uh, in the wilderness when the Lord, you know, you could have taken a straight line from point A to point B. Uh, and, and if they just spent as much time in the presence of God as Moses did, you know, of course, he spent 40 days on the Mount, of Mount Sinai uh, by himself, which, you know, uh, we may get into talking about some fasting. I think there's some, some discussions later on in, uh, in this chapter about fasting. Uh, we're not called to 40 days of fasting, but he did. You know, you spend uh, that, in that amount of presence of God, uh, the, the necessity for physical sustenance is just completely gone. Amen? Uh, and, um, you know, it's, but there's only two people who ever spent 40 days fasting in the whole Bible. Amen? So it's not, a, it's not something we should be trying to do. Amen? Uh, people sometimes get, uh, get kind of... Uh, uh, performance-oriented sometimes to get out of the will of God in, in their fasting, but uh, that's for a discussion for another day. Um, but the presence of God is valuable to you. Amen? Uh, the Lord longs for His people to worship Him. He desires, you know, He says He inhabits the praises of His people, so He'll come into the presence when you worship Him. He'll come into your presence and, and, and fellowship with you. Just His presence. Amen? And answers will be had, and problems will be solved, and questions will be answered, you know, and, and difficult things that you don't know a way out will be shown to you, here's the way out, amen? I can't tell you that the number of times I've been in a situation where, you know, I've never been in like dire straits where my life depended on things, but just difficult things of, of life that you see no way out. You get in the presence of God, and suddenly the way becomes clear. Uh, and the Lord, just do this, this, and this, and all will be well. 
And then all you do is just follow the instructions. Amen. Uh, there is so, so much value in spending time in his presence. And, and, you know, you're not required to only spend time in the presence of God at church. Amen. That's not the only time you can spend. It's wonderful because there's something special about uh, the, a group of people who love the Lord. When they come together, it is special. And the Lord shows us in his word many times that great and mighty things happen when a group of people, doesn't have to be a large group of people, but a group of people will come together and worship him. Great things happen. But you have the capacity to worship him on your own and, and, and get into his presence on your own. And it's to your advantage to do that because uh, a lot of people struggle in life and just walking with the Lord, they just spend time in his presence. And see, it becomes easy. Remember, we, we read last week, you know, even though we didn't get it exactly right, but we read last week about his yoke is easy and his burden is light. You know, the more time you spend in the presence, the more you realize his yoke is easy and his burden is light. Amen. Easiest thing in the world to be a Christian. Easiest thing in the world. It's not difficult. Easiest thing in the world to be a good person. It's not hard. People, you know, they, they make excuses that it's hard. You know, it's hard being nice all the time. No, it's not. It's not at all hard. Amen. All you do is just get on the bus of the Holy Ghost and, and he drives. That's all you got to do, right? People all the time trying to jerk the wheel away from the, from the Lord. I've got this, Lord. You know, um, I, I think Carrie Underwood found out that wasn't the way to go, right? Did she write a song about that, right? That's a, different, that's a whole different discussion, right? Uh, and so uh, you don't ask the Lord to take the wheel over when, in, you know, after you've tried for so long by yourself. That's dumb, right? Uh, you've got somebody who's way more capable of driving than you are. Well, I've got this, Lord. Uh, it'd be like, uh, you know, when Jared was six, you know, Dad, I, I, I'll drive us. No, you're not. You are incapable of driving. You know, he may have thought he was. You know, he never did do that. But, but if, if he thought he was, it's like, you're not, you know. And, of course, we think we are, but, we, you know, you're really not. Amen. Do you know what's going to happen tomorrow? The Lord does. Amen. You know what's going to happen when you walk out the door? The Lord does. Amen. Of course, people, you know, they'll say, well, you just never know. Well, you can know. He said he'll lead us and guide us in all, all truth. And what? Show us things to come. You don't have to walk through life blind, wondering what's going to happen tomorrow. You can walk, oh, yeah, I know what's going to happen tomorrow. I can't tell you how many times that, uh, the Lord has shown me things, that, hey, this is going to happen. Be prepared. And then I prepare myself, and sometimes I can, sometimes if the situation, depending on the situation, you can cause the situation to not ever occur, or uh, you can be strengthened so that you walk through the situation unscathed. Amen? Uh, the, Lord, the Lord loves us. Amen? He desires good things for us. Uh, and so let's open up our Bibles to the book of Matthew, chapter 6. We'll continue there today. We've been uh, talking about um, uh, the Lord's Prayer uh, as part of the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, and in, uh, in Luke's version of that, uh, the disciples, the reason he did this is the disciples had asked him, Lord, teach us how to pray. Teach us how to pray. And so he's teaching them how to pray. Amen. You think about that, you know, uh, that, uh, uh, that they asked him how, how to do that. And he, and he answered them. Amen. Uh, and so he's given them instructions. And you, so that you know, it's not, it's not unusual, it's not even wrong to do that. Um, I, I know uh, a fellow, uh, he was a neighbor of mine one time. Uh, he went to his pastor and he said, hey, um, uh, I would like some teaching on healing. I've been to this church for five years. I've not heard a single message on healing. And he's telling me this story and I'm thinking, we seem like you're going to the wrong church. You know, I mean, you, you have five years, you've not heard a single thing. And there's hundreds of verses in the Bible about healing, and, and you've not heard one in five years? You know, if, if you go to two services a week, you know, that, that's 
100 services a day. That's 500 services you've heard. Not a single, you know, and we have three services a week. That's 1,500 services, you know, in five years. You've not heard one on healing. That's amazing, right? Uh, and so, uh, and of course, their response was, well, we don't believe in that. That's why we don't teach it. So, <laughs> but there's nothing wrong with, you know, asking, you know, hey, could we have some teaching on this or that? You know, it's, I think it's fine. They asked Jesus and he responded, amen. Uh, now, if you ask me about, you know, teach us about how to change oil in a, in a you know, 69 Chevy, I'm, you know, we're not going to do that, right? That's not Bible. That's not, that's not the purpose of this, of this meeting, amen? Uh, and so uh, we spent last week talking about uh, verse 11, give us this day our daily bread. And uh, this is not a once and done prayer, right? If it's give us this day our daily bread, it's something we should pray on a regular basis, amen? Uh, and the reason for that primarily is the Lord always elevates faith. You know, it doesn't, if you just pray, well, I prayed 27 years ago for bread, and, you know, I expect the Lord to do that forever. Uh, that's not really any faith in that, amen? So he wants us to live every day by faith. Uh, and so, and then he, then he gets into verse 12 and says, and forgive our debts as we forgive our debtors. And this is an interesting verse because this is a, another example in this particular prayer how uh, things have changed since this prayer was prayed. And so this type of, this part of the prayer is not what we pray today, amen? Because in this case, the, the price for us receiving forgiveness is us doing something, amen? So we have to earn the forgiveness here. Uh, and so, uh, you know, in the old covenant, that's the way things operated. You know, everything was earned, right? It was a natural law. You had to do these things to earn some favor with the Lord uh, and, uh, you know, kill a mammal or murder some bird or, you know, whatever you had to do, you had to earn that favor with God. But let's turn over to the book of Ephesians and we'll see what the New Testament uh, epistles to the church tell us. Uh, and so we can see, it's not that Jesus is wrong. Jesus is preaching under the, the old covenant, right? And so it's not that you know, we, we would, of course, we never say Jesus was wrong. It's that things have changed, amen? And so let's see how things have changed so that we uh, we can still incorporate this general idea about forgiveness in our prayers, but we need to um, get it right according to the doctrine of the new covenant. Amen. So Jesus was preaching under the old covenant, but the new covenant has gotten, is better. Amen. And so Jesus or Paul is writing us here. Who inspired Paul to write these words? The Holy Ghost did. Who told the Holy Ghost what to inspire Paul to, to write? Jesus did, right? Jesus is, is, is uh, the Holy Ghost re, uh, reports to Jesus. He said, I will send you a comforter. Uh, and so uh, the Holy Spirit works for Jesus. Jesus works for the Father, and, and that's the way it is. Amen. Uh, and so it says here in verse 32, this is uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32, and be kind, be you kind one to another. We can meddle on that part of the verse for a long time right there, right? You know, kindness is often sorely lacking in a church. You know, why is it that oftentimes some of the meanest people you ever meet are in the church? Well, you ever notice that? Uh, we've all noticed. Anybody not notice that? Right? We've all noticed this, right? Meanest people. Now, you know, of course, we balance it out with, you know, it's one in a hundred. But they make up for it, don't they? Right? You ever notice it? It's like, you know, you're a you're hundred times meaner than everybody else. Yeah, because I'm the only one. You know, people just really, really strive to be mean. I mean, they're just professional, mean people. Amen? Uh, and why, why is that? You know, I have never understood. Why are you so mean? You know, I remember when I was uh, just got saved as a teenager, I was going to, to a, um, uh, it was a spirit-filled church. 
And of course, they believe in casting out devils and, and things, you know, and, and uh, you know, it doesn't hurt to cast out a devil. Uh, if there's devils around, cast it out. Amen. Don't want no devils hanging around you. Uh, but there, there were some mean people in the church, just like any church, you know. I mean, you know, we're going to try to weed them out here if we can, the best we can. Amen. Uh, but there's long suffering that, that's necessary. Sometimes you've got to just put up with mean people to hopefully they, they repent. Amen. Uh, but I've been around people for decades, and they're just as mean now as they were, you know, when I met them 20 years ago. Uh, and they'll, you know, the last breath on the, on the earth be like, shut up. You know, it's like, why are you so mean? Why you got to be so mean about everything? Uh, and and, and uh, I remember them telling me about one person in particular, well, they're mean because they, they need a devil cast out of them. And as a teenager, I'm thinking, you know, I just think they're mean. I don't think it's a devil. I think they're just mean. And, th- and that was, was more accurate because a lot of times we like to, well, it's not my fault. Yeah. It's the devil's fault. It's, you know, it's not always... In fact, there, there, in all the devils that Jesus cast out, there was never a devil of meanness he cast out. Not a single time. Amen? Uh, and so, uh, but he said, be you kind. You know, kindness uh, is sorely lacking in the church. Amen? Uh, people get so crossways with people that are struggling in the church, you know, people that are in sin. You know, the, you know there are people in the church who actually sin. You notice that? You ever notice that? I, I know it's like brand new information, right? But sometimes... It's like once it's happened in the 2,000 years, somebody in a church committed a sin, an infraction against the, the, the law of God. Heaven forbid, right? They, they might have lied. They might have, you know, committed adultery or, you know, some things, you know. Uh, they might have sat in your chair, you know, some, some unforgivable thing, right, uh, that they committed. Uh, and um, um, what's our response? You know, I love reading the stories of Jesus because when the people of the worst people would come to him, he was so kind to them. He was never rude to the woman uh, caught in the very act of adultery. He wasn't rude or unkind to the woman at the well who'd been married five times and was at, in the, at the current time living with somebody, not her husband. He was never unkind to, to the prostitutes. You know, he, he was the most unkind, if you could ever even call that, to the Pharisees yeah. and the, the scribes. But to this is just a rank-and-file sinner, he, he was never unkind to them. Now, he never approved of their sin. He never, he never overlooked their sin and said, well, they're just having a hard day. He never excused their sin at all. But he was never unkind to them. You know, uh, it, there's nothing wrong with, with saying, well, that's, that's a sin at all. But if you can't say it without, and you're a horrible individual for doing that, it, it, you know, there, it, it's okay to acknowledge sin without being unkind. Amen. Uh, I, I can look at somebody, well, you're, you're, you're in sin, you know, just say that. I wasn't looking at you in particular, you know, but, but you know, you could, I could tell somebody, well, you're in sin. And I've told people, well, you know, that's a sin. Uh, and and not, be, not be hateful about it. Amen. If you have to add uh, your acknowledgement of somebody's sin with, with a bunch of unkindness, then, then you're just as carnal as they are. Your sin is just more, is just prettier than their sin. It's still sin, though. Lack of unkindness is still sin. Amen. Uh, and the church could do, could, could use a strong injection of kindness to each other. Amen. Uh, especially to those who, who are struggling in life. Amen. Again, we excuse no sin. Amen. Are we approving of sin? Is it okay to sin? It's not okay to sin. Amen. But, uh, you know, he said in Galatians 6, 1, that, that uh, when you find your brother in a fault, you were to spiritual, 
Well, why did he, why did he limit it to use for Because the spiritual ones can, can restore such a one in a spirit of meekness, amen? Because they're kind, amen? Uh, the, 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 the unspiritual people will go and just, you know, you're, you, you know we're going to throw you out of the church and you're a terrible person or call you publicly in front of the whole church and demand your repentance, you know, and, and uh, pound of flesh and 40 stripes, you know, save one. Uh, that, that's what unkind people do, amen? You know, one time I had a friend of mine who was caught in adultery. He got six kids and uh, was sleeping around on his wife. Uh, and, um, and his wife threw him out for a period of time, you know, not, not, an, not an unwise thing to do, amen? Uh, and so he was at a hotel. I found out where he was at. And I stopped by the grocery store, and I got a, a can of Alpo dog food. I wanted to get, I was, I was looking for, I didn't want the generic brand. I wanted Alpo, the top shelf dog food. And, and I knocked on his hotel room, and I said, here, this is for you because you've treated your wife like a dog, you know, so you need some dog food. Uh, and uh, we had a good laugh about it. And I said, I said, um, I just want you to know that uh, I'm not forsaking you as my friend because you've committed this, this infraction against your wife. I said, I'll, I'll still be your friend. You know, and you need to repent. You need to do right by your wife and your children. But I'm not going to forsake you just because you've made a mistake. And, you know, and I called it a sin. I called it, you know, what it, what it was. He shouldn't have done that. Amen. But it's, you can't undo it. It's already done. And so, you know, I could be kind to him, and I was. He came back to church, reconciled with his wife, got back in that. You know, and, and, and it's an interesting footnote that uh, later on, many years later, I did leave the church, you know, at, by the direction of the Lord, and he quit talking to me because I, I went to another church building. I stood with him when he committed adultery against his wife uh, and six children, but he wouldn't stick with me because I went to a different address. And, 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 you know, it's just, that's for him to deal with, not for me, right? But, uh, but you know, we, we, the, Lord, the, the Lord is telling us through Paul, be kind to one another. Is there any footnote? Unless they're mean to you first, you know, unless they're, as long as they're kind to you, as long as they're perfect people. You know, perfect people don't need much kindness, right? I mean, you know, I'm perfect. I don't even, you don't need to be kind to me. I never make, I never make a mistake. Uh, and so, uh, it's, it's people that, that struggle in life that need us to be kind to them. Yeah. Amen? Uh, kindness and uh, accepting of their sin are two separate things. Amen? Yeah. You don't have to accept anybody's sin and approve of their sin and, and make light of their sin or excuse away their sin by, well, they're tired or they're, you know, they're needy or whatever. You don't have to make any excuses to be kind. You can say, well, yeah, that's sin. You shouldn't do that. Uh, and, you know, You've got to check in your own heart what that is. And, if, and kindness is one of the fruits of the Spirit. Amen? Yes. Uh, and, we, and so we should develop. Be, be you kind one to another. Amen? How many wars are fought in churches? I mean, how many church splits are, happen? Because somebody gets mad at the pastor and they, they take 50 people away from the pastor. You know, I'm going to go start my own church. A kind person would never do that. You know, a, a person who would walk in and would never do that. Uh, well, you know, he's wrong. What's that got to do with anything? Amen? Uh, anyway, that's another, another, we can really meddle on that. Like I said, we can meddle on this for a long time. Amen? But he said to be kind one to another, tenderhearted. I mean, that just, just doubles it up right there. You know, I mean, if you're mad about kindness, you can be doubly mad about being tenderhearted. Amen? You know, tenderhearted is, is when you hear something, what's, you, what's your response? If your response is, well, it's about time that, you know, sin will always get you. See, that's not tenderhearted. Amen? That's, that's being hard-hearted towards somebody. Tender-hearted is, 
You know, for me, one of the hardest things I ever deal with is just when I hear an innocent person uh, get, uh, get harmed. Uh, it, just, it, just, it, just, it just bothers me. It bothers me more than anything else when I see uh, a, uh, somebody who is harmed, amen, who is undeserving of to be harmed. And we should be tenderhearted uh, one to another, amen, uh, and, and um, not get in, in bitterness when, um, uh, when people do things that are wrong, amen. Uh, and so uh, these are good things that we should develop in our life. Amen. Uh, and the struggle that the church has is learning how to be like this without accepting of sin. And Jesus found that. He, did he ever accept anybody's sin? No, everybody came to him. You know, they were a harlot. They were a tax collector. They were, you know, an adulterer. But they weren't once they come around him. Amen. Uh, and so he, he could uh, allow them to, the op- to give them op- opportunity to change. You know, you should always give people an opportunity to change. Amen. Uh, are they breathing air? Then they got a shot to change. Amen. Uh, and because um, if you're not that way, then, then the assumption on your part is that you've never made a mistake. Amen. Uh, and there is a, a spiritual law. One of the greatest and, and most fundamental spiritual laws is the law of sowing and reaping. That's why Paul said at the end of Galatians 6, 1, about uh, restoring such a one in the spirit of meekness, looking to yourself, lest you also be tempted. See, people say, well, I can't believe they did that. You've got to be careful, because the very next day, you may be, why am I tempted to do the very thing that I was so hard? You know, I remember years ago, uh, this one family left uh, my pastor's church, and they were a wonderful family, you know, we loved the, 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 you know, the, the husband and wife and the kids, and uh, we, always got along, we always got along fine with them, and they left the church. There was, you know, my, my pastor really struggled that if there wasn't drama, he'd throw a dead cat in the middle of something, you know, to start drama up. I, I don't, never had understood that. But if things were going great, he couldn't handle it, right? He just, he just, you know, man, things are great. Well, you're, you're of the devil. Why would you say, you know, why do you have to just, just, just let it be okay for two weeks in a row, right? And you know, now there, he just, he, the energy of the drama, he fed off that a lot of times. And I, I don't understand it. And I talked about it once or twice, you know, why do you do that, you know? And, you know, he kind of, uh, you know, he you know, went in doubt and mumbled, right? He's like, well, you know, you know. Uh, and so, um, but the one family had left the church, and then someone saw, well, did you see so-and-so? How, you know, that, that just, this is like, you know, it's just, it's like the gossip, just, just, just nasty gossip, right? Tender-hearted people, kind-hearted people don't gossip. But did you see so-and-so? She looks so old. And then the other one says, no, I'm just listening, right? The other one says, well, that's what sin will do to you, right? Because she was in sin because she left the church. And it's like, you're the terrible, you're terrible people. You know, I didn't say that, but I thought, you're terrible people, both of you, uh, talking about that. Maybe she just forgot makeup that day, or what's it to you anyway? And, and you're going to judge her, right? Because we, we're working up a way to uh, Matthew chapter 7, verse 1, says judge not, right? We, we're working up to that one, so we got we got wait. We got some groundwork to lay before we get there, right? Uh, because you, you, need to, you need to come with your seatbelts on, right, and put on your fireproof britches when you come, right, for that particular day. Uh, and so, but be you kind, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, See, now, before, uh, we, we got forgiveness because we forgave somebody, but here he says we, we forgive one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. So, see, we don't earn our forgiveness anymore. Amen? The Lord forgives us because of what Jesus did. 
they were trying to obtain forgiveness because of what they did in Matthew chapter 6, which is fair under the old covenant. Under the new covenant, we're forgiven because of what Jesus did for us. Amen? So it's a whole lot better deal because if, if, if uh, you have to earn your own forgiveness, man, a lot of people are in big debt right there and so much debt. Amen? Uh, but see, so we, we like Ephesians 4 better. I like Ephesians 4 better. It's not dependent upon my performance to obtain forgiveness. Amen? I can just say, well, Lord, uh, uh, please forgive me. Well, what'd you do to earn it? Well, Lord, I didn't, you said you'd forgive me because of what Jesus did. I don't deserve it, Lord. But Jesus, you said for his sake, for what he did, what, what did he do? He went to the cross. He shed blood. You know, so, Lord, for that sake, for the sake of him doing that, that that's why you need to forgive me. I, I'm not perfect. I, you know, I, I'm an imperfect person, uh, but I need forgiveness. Well, well, based on what he did, then I'll, then I'll, I'll do that. Amen. So, so we, do we like the new, new covenant uh, method of obtaining forgiveness better than the old covenant? Old covenants, you know, at least it was there. It was possible, but it was tough, right? I ain't forgiven them. Wow, you know, fine, right? And, and we'll talk a little bit more about unforgiveness because he, he mentions it again. We can turn back to Matthew chapter 6. He mentions it again uh, later on in this, uh, in this discussion here. And so we'll talk a little bit about uh, the, the unforgiveness. There's a lot of unforgiveness in the church, amen? And unforgiveness is the only thing specifically that Jesus mentions that can be a hindrance to your faith. It's not necessarily the only thing, but it's the only thing he specifically mentions. Uh, and, and why does he do that? Because it's a problem in the church. And, and he, made, he made a point to say, hey, this is an issue, amen? Uh, and, and I hear a lot of people, uh, remain in unforgiveness. Amen. And one of the things I used to do uh, when, when I used to do uh, Sunday school for my pastor is, you know, of course, around here, it's not, a, uh, not really a problem because it's not from the leadership. Amen. When people leave the church, what do I tell you? They're still your brother or sister in the Lord. Amen. You don't have to be unkind to them. In fact, I saw someone just the other day uh, that uh, ha- has said some of the worst things you can imagine saying to a pastor. And I just chit, hey, how you doing? Good to see you, you know, nice, you know. And, and, and I always check on the inside when I'm talking to him, you know, is that little man, you know, that little man that lives there, you know, is he twisting your stomach, you know? There's no twisting going on at all. Glad to see him, you know, desire good things for him, amen. And if he walked in the door tomorrow, you know, be glad to see him, amen. I got no ill will against anybody. I refuse to have any will, Ill will about it. Uh, but, um, but one thing I used to do when I would do Sunday school, is uh, because that was our rule. When somebody left the church, first thing is you gossip about them. And then you say that they never have any help to the church. <laughs> you, they built the entire church with a, with a stick, you know, with a, with a pencil. They built the whole thing by themselves. No one else. I didn't really do that, but, but we, we act like they never did anything. Like, so we have to lie, you know? Well, why'd they leave? I don't know. Well, you know, did the Lord tell them? I don't know. What if he, what if he, did, what if he didn't tell them? What if they left mad? Well, that's not... That's not my problem, you know. I mean, but, you know, uh, so I'd get up because people would gossip about people. Hey, you see so-and-so? They never did anything for the church. And so I, I'd be just preaching along, and, and, I, and the Lord would prompt me with a story. And I would, I would name them by name. Hey, you remember, oh, you know, Billy Bob? And you could just hear the, the hackles, you know, some of the people in church. Oh, yeah, I remember Billy Bob. You know, he, he was, you know, you. And, and I said, he was great. You remember when he did that one thing there? And. and and they never caught on. The point of saying that was to let them see their own heart. 
Let them see. When I mention a name, if, if the, the hair in the back of the neck rises up, they need to repent. Not the guy that left the church. The, the people that are listening to me need to repent. If, I'm, if I mention a person's name, they go, somebody's got to do some repenting. Amen? Be kind, tenderhearted one to another. Is that what he said? He didn't say as long as they're perfect. Amen? It's, you know, it's easy to say in the world, be kind to people that are perfect. Amen? Easy thing in the world. Be kind to people that are like my wife. I mean, everybody's kind to her because, I mean, you know, she, she is perfect, right? And, and so, uh, and that's why, you know, I just like to be around her, right? I just go somewhere, I'm, just, I'm with her. And they like me because I'm with her, amen? I, if she walks away, they go like, what are you doing here? I'm just with her. Yeah, but you look like you're alone. Uh, and so, <laughs> so uh, I would do that to, to help people. And I wasn't doing it, to, but I wanted people to see, Amen. See, it would bother me if somebody mentioned somebody's name and, and, and I just like, you know, immediately start going thinking how sorry of a person they are. That is not tenderhearted, amen? Uh, and so we can be tenderhearted because we have the power of the Almighty God living on the inside of us, amen? You have the capacity to do this. You have, in fact, you have the requirement to be that way. It's not a suggestion. It's not like be kind and tenderhearted as long as it's easy, as long as they're super nice people, Amen? Uh, and so that's the thing I love about the word is it's kind of absolute. It's not, there's no footnotes. Well, you'd be like this way unless they're really a jerk and then it's okay to, to be mean about it. Okay, well, that's fine, right? Uh, and so we stirred up enough about that. Everybody feeling all right? <laughs> all is well, right? Uh, and so back, back to, uh, to uh, Matthew chapter six. Uh, and so Jesus has completed his work, Amen. So our forgiveness now is, is done for his sake. I like that, for his sake, because of what he's done for us. Amen? And, and now this particular prayer, this part of the prayer, is when we say, Lord, we're going to do what you tell us to do. That, that's really called the prayer of consecration and dedication. And it's the most valuable, one, probably the most valuable prayer that you can do uh, in your life is to pray the prayer of consecration and dedication. Lord, I will do what you want me to do. If he said, the, if he said in, in Matthew chapter 6 here, uh, that uh, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Uh, and then we really, we kind of set that one aside and we go back to Ephesians uh, 4.32 and Lord, we, we forgive one another because of what you've done. And, and our, our prayer should be, Lord, I will do that. I will forgive uh, each uh, of the people around me. Well, well, you know, forgiveness is only necessary if there's an infraction against you. Amen? You know, if people are perfect, there's never a need to forgive them. So the only time you need to forgive them is when they make a mistake. Uh, and so, well, you know, I shouldn't have to forgive them. Well, what the, well, when would you forgive them if they didn't do something wrong? I mean, if, if they never did anything wrong, what, what would be the scenario where you need to forgive somebody if they've never done anything wrong? Uh, and so it, it's kind of uh, negates the whole need for forgiveness if you only forgive people who never do anything wrong. Amen? Uh, how many times have you forgiven people who've never done anything to you? I mean, anybody done that? No, well, of course, nobody's done that because that would be uh, kind of weird, right? I, I forgive you. What'd you do? Well, nothing. Well, okay, well, that, well, that did not make any sense, but uh, maybe we do that. I don't know. Uh, and so, uh, so this, this is the, really the prayer of consecration and dedication. Lord, I will, do, I will forgive. I choose to forgive. And, you know, forgiving people is, is such a powerful thing to do. Uh, and, and, you know, for, for me personally, I... I, I uh, it's one of the things that I focus on in my life to make sure I do this aggressively. Uh, if somebody does something to me, 
I don't, I don't let it fester. You know, you know, just somebody does something to you, and it just, it just sits there and, and just over and over in your, in your heart and mind. Just, you know, I can't believe they did that. Why they do that? It just over and over again. Now, I, I don't ever get that point. As soon, as soon as I leave that situation, Lord, I forgive them. I choose to forgive them. And then I get on the offensive. And Lord, not only do I forgive them, Lord, I ask you to bless them. And usually my prayer is, is first of all, Lord, I forgive them. And secondly, then I ask the Lord. I said, Lord, I'm asking you to not hold anything that they, to their account that they've done to me. So I'm asking you to forgive them on my, my, on my behalf because I'm asking you to do that. You know, 1 John chapter 5 talks about that. Amen. And so, because a lot of times you're like, well, I, I forgive them, but I'm hoping God gets them. Right. See, that's, that's, the, that's the unspoken deal we try to make with the Lord. Lord, well, I forgive him, Lord, but, you know, you're, you do whatever you want to, Lord. You know, if, if you need to strike him dead, you know, it, not on me, that's on you, Lord. I'm, you know, I mean, you know, it's okay if you do that, but, you know, I forgive him. So, no, I, you know, Lord, I'm asking you to take that out of their account, what they've done for me. Because if you go back to Psalm 18, you'll find out what the Lord thinks about when somebody does something to you if you're innocent. Amen. If you're guilty, that's a different discussion. Uh, but most of the things that people have done to me has been when I'm innocent. They just don't like, they don't like me. They don't like what I say. They don't like when I preach. They don't like what I'm teaching. Okay, how does that make me guilty of anything? Amen. I mean, you know, just maybe you've got to grow up a little bit. But, uh, and so, Lord, Lord, I'm asking you, and why do I do that? Because I refuse to have any bitterness in my heart against anybody. Because unforgiveness will hinder me. So not only do they do something to me, now I'm doubly hindered because they've been unkind to me. Now my, now my blessings from the Lord are constrained because I hold that in my heart against them. Now I'm not doing that. I want everything the Lord wants to have me to have, and I will, I will remove any roadblock from that. And I will be super aggressive. You want to do something to me, you'll find out you're the most blessed person in the whole world. How did I get so blessed? I was mean to him. How come I'm blessed? Because I prayed for you. And Lord, I ask you, Lord, everything they touch, they lay their hands to, Father, bless it. Bless them coming in. Bless them going out. Father, I ask you to remove everything out of their account against me. And he'll do it. Because you've asked him, he'll do it. Amen. See, that's a, that's a great way to live. Lord, I will do whatever you want me to do. Amen. That's the prayer of consecration and dedication. I, Lord, I will do this. Uh, and I will make no excuse for not living up to your word. Amen. Because oftentimes, you know, the word of God is difficult on your flesh, but easy on your spirit to do. Yeah. Easiest thing in the world to do the word of God in your spirit. But your flesh will fight you every day. You need to hold that against him. Amen. Uh, and so you're, you're oftentimes fighting against your own flesh in doing these things. Amen. That, that's the war. The, the greatest war is between you and yourself. It's not against your enemies in the, in the world. It's against you and yourself. Amen. And so I, I go to war. Uh, in my own heart, uh, on behalf of those who are unkind to me. Lord, Lord uh, make them healthy. Uh, give them strength. Give them wisdom, Father. Bless everything that they, they lay their hands to. I will do it every day. Until, until the point that, that I don't even think about them. Because what happens if you're in unforgiveness, you'll think about them on a regular basis. Yeah. They'll remind you, hey, you remember that guy? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. I remember. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and you'll be an hour just grumbling about this guy that something happened 20 years ago. Uh, those, those, they don't even, those things don't even show up. You know, I don't think about you know, just going through town and just, oh, yeah, I remember what that did to me. But I, it just don't happen. Because I will pray for them enough where the, all that's gone out of my heart, all that's gone out of my mind, all that's gone out of my flesh. Because uh, and, and, the last thing the devil wants is for somebody to be blessed. 
So he's not going to prompt you about somebody uh, that's done something wrong to you if your response is, oh yeah, I forgot about them. Lord, bless them. Uh, give them everything. That, give them a raise, Father. Uh, let, him, let him get a, you know, a $5 an hour, fra- ra- I don't know, whatever it is. You know, I don't know what good raise is anymore, but give him a big raise, Father. You know, give him a, give him a, a nice house. Give him a car that runs every single day. Uh, you know, just you go on the offensive and you'll find that th- there's not an issue. There's no issue. Amen. Well, that's the prayer of, con- Lord, I will do it. Whatever the cost, I will do it, Lord. That's the prayer of consecration and dedication. That's the prayer that Jesus prayed, you remember, in the Garden of Gethsemane, right? Uh, Lord, if there be any other way, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. See, that's the prayer of consecration and dedication. I will do your will. Now, you know, and there's nothing wrong with telling the Lord, I'd rather not do that, but if that's what you want me to do, I'll do that. Amen. And you can tell the Lord, I don't want to forgive him. It's not like he doesn't know. It's like, really? That, that's new information. I didn't know that. He knows. But see, Lord, I don't want to, but because you said, Lord, in your word to forgive one another, even as Christ, God has for Christ's sake forgiven me, Lord, you've forgiven me uh, because of what Jesus did, so I can, I can forgive them. I have the capacity to do that. Amen? So the prayer of consecration and dedication is, is valuable, uh, and it's, uh, it's probably one of the greatest points of failure in Christians' lives is not praying that prayer enough. Uh, and one of the things that I do in my own life is in, in every new circumstance I arrive at, I will go into the circumstance and I'll tell the Lord, said, Lord, if you want me to do this thing the rest of my life, I will do that. Because I want to make sure there's no, nothing that I'm going to be, well, I'll, Lord, I'll try it for a day. And if it doesn't, you know, if it doesn't work out, I'll, you know, maybe I'll do something better. See, that, that's, that's not the prayer of consecration or dedication. That, that's, Lord, I'll do whatever you want to as long as it's really easy and as long as I like it. You know? But if it's not, you know, I mean, we, got, we can't do that, Lord. That's, that sounds hard. See, that's, not, that's, that's a wishy-washy Christian. And, and people like that, they, just, they never seem to succeed spiritually. Right? They're always up one day, down the next day, and just never happy. And it's, they, just, they never seem to uh, be stable in their lives or just, uh, because they, they just, their, their Christian walk is uh, based on circumstances. As long as I'm happy, Lord, I'll do what you want me to do. But as long, if I don't like the situation, I'm out of here. Uh, and you know, we, we have to do that. In fact, I, I was talking to uh, a minister who is struggling in, in some ways in, in the ministry there. And I said, have you prayed that you will do this thing the rest of your life? Well, he said, I've been praying, Lord, let your will be done. Well, that's not what I asked. I said, are you willing to do what's in front of you the rest of your life? Because see, he wanted out. He wanted, he's trying to find a way out. And so in his mind, if he sees something that's better, he's going, well, that's, that's the will of God. And see, that's what we do, right? We look for a shinier thing that we're doing, and we say, that's the will of God, or that's the will of God. Well, that's based on your circumstances, amen? You know, I, I always, Lord, and I'm, you have to be sincere about it. You can't just say it, right, and give it lip service, but you can say, Lord, if you want me to do this thing the rest of my life, I will do it. I'm, that's how dedicated I'll be. You know, just, I've told them, Pastor, Lord, if you want me to pastor this church the rest of my life, I'll do it. You know, if two people show up, if 200 people show up, if this is where you want me to be, Lord, I'll, the rest of my life, when I breathe my last breath, I will be here. If that's what you want me to do, amen? And that way, if somebody, hey, you know, why don't you go over there and do that? Well, that's not, I'm not called to do that. You know, Chris tells me some of these things about some of the work that she does, you know, some of the engineering jobs, and I think, well, I could do that. Well, I couldn't do it. I, I was a good engineer. I enjoyed being in love being an engineer. But that's, it's not, that's not my path anymore, Amen. 
And so, you know, I look at that and I think, well, I could do that. Well, I could do that. Technically, I could do it, but I shouldn't do it, and I'm not going to do it. Amen. Uh, and so, uh, it's not that there aren't things that, uh, and, and I don't spend any time on it. It's not like I, 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 I'm not happy with that. I love my job as a pastor. To me, it's the best job I've ever had. Amen. Uh, and, and so, uh, but that's a good prayer to pray. Amen. The prayer of consecration. Lord, I would, if you want me to forgive, I'll do it, Lord. No problem. And, and never make an excuse for not doing His word. Amen. Uh, don't ever excuse your lack of desire of doing His Word as, as some, some valid reason. Because there are no valid reasons ever to not do His Word. Amen? And, and, it, and the, the, the thing is, the reason I say that is because oftentimes people will, will, will validate why they're not doing His Word thinking that the Lord is, is also accepting of their excuse. And the Lord is never accepting of our excuses for not doing His Word. I mean, all the stories we read in the Old Testament, New Testament, Gospels, you know, the, when people said, Lord, I can't do it for this reason, and, and did they ever get away with it from the Lord? No, they never, never one time got away with it. You think they're going to get away with it when they stand before Him? When you stand before Him? When I stand before Him? Right? Uh, and for me, that, that in the back of my mind is there all the time. I'm going to have to answer for this, Lord. And I have no, I'll have no excuse if I do this. If I just bawl them out, I just had to tell them, Right? And, and I had to not be kind or tenderhearted in this case because they deserved it. And the Lord's like, oh, well, okay, I'll, okay. Well, then you, don't have, you get, a, get an exemption from Ephesians 4.32. Just you. This guy, right, he's got to do it. But you, you, just go ahead and be mean. It's okay. Be, be, be hateful to him. It's okay. It's all right. Is that, you think that's going to happen anytime? Never going to happen, right? But, uh, you know, sometimes we, we think, well, you know, I had to say it, Lord. Really? You had to, you, with that tone? with that attitude, you had to say it like that, amen, uh, and so, because that's between you and the Lord, amen, I'm not, I'm, I mean, I'm not my judge, I mean, I'll leave it alone, you know, but, um, uh, and so, uh, th- this is a good prayer about, uh, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, but now we say, Lord, forgive me because of what Jesus has done, amen, so we got an upgrade, we got a way better option, amen, not based on your performance, it's based upon what Jesus has done on your behalf, and so, if, he, if he's forgiven you, and he died for you. Didn't he die for the one that you're mad at? Well, he did, right? In fact, uh, one thing that I'm reminded of uh, when people do unkind things to me is, you know, Lord, you love them. You know, he does love them. Even if they're mean and hateful, you know, he does love them. Amen? Uh, and because uh, sometimes we want him to be mad at them like we are mad at them. Well, Lord, you know, you need to get them like I want to get them. And the Lord's like, yeah, I'll get right on that. He's not going to get right on that, amen? It doesn't happen, amen? He loves them just as much as he loves you. He loves them, amen? Uh, and so th- that it should help us to have the capacity to forgive them, amen? Uh, and just real quick, what does the word forgive mean? Anybody know? Pardon. pardon, right? The best definition, I believe, for, for forgiving somebody is pardoning them, right? See, you know, when, what happens when you pardon somebody? You look at somebody who was guilty and ch- who was charged and found guilty of a crime, and you choose as an act of your will to, to, to say, we're going to treat you as if you never committed that crime. That's what a pardon is, right? And the Lord told you to pardon people in your life, to look at their crime, you know, whether, and sometimes it's perceived, not even real, but sometimes it is real. Sometimes, sometimes they really were unkind to you. And he says, you have to choose an act of your will to grant them a full pardon, a full unconditional pardon. Well, I'll forgive you if you straighten up. 
that's a conditional pardon, right? It, it, these pardons are unconditional, amen? Unconditional pardon. What if they never repent? It's unconditional. You choose to forgive them anyway. What if they never admit that they're wrong? You still forgive them unconditionally. It's an unconditional pardon. You choose to declare that they are free from guilt. As far as you're concerned, uh, as far as what, what you're going to hold against them, you're going to choose to declare that they are free from guilt. That's what pardon, that's what forgive means. Amen? Well, I can't do that. <laughs> well, sure you can. You have the capacity to do it every day. Amen? And I'd encourage you to do it because, again, unforgiveness is the only thing that Jesus ever called out specifically is a hindrance to your faith. Uh, and so why do you want to be hindered in your faith? Because of what somebody did to you. That's just, that's just doubling up on the, on the problems in your life. Amen? Uh, and so, uh, but we can get there. Amen? So, so when he says to forgive, our response is, yes, sir, I'll be glad to do that. Uh, every single time. I'll hold no ill will against anybody. Amen? Uh, and, um, you know, if you want good training, uh, be a sound man for about 20 years. That's good training to learn how to forgive people, you know. Uh, also be a pastor, right? People are so unkind to pastors sometimes. And again, it's one in a hundred, but, you know, they really try to, to try to, you know, um, uh, be, uh, work extra hard to make up the difference, right? Well, I'm only one in a hundred, but I'm going to make up for the other 99. That's not, that's not treating you unkind, right? Uh, and so most people in the church are very kind to us, always have been very kind to us, right? And like I said, it's one in a hundred, but they sure try to make up for it, don't they? Uh, and people in your life, they're going to be, they're going to do things to you, Amen. Forgiveness is only necessary for those who are at fault. Forgiveness is not necessary for people that are perfect. Amen. Uh, and so let's pray and thank the Lord for his word today. So, Father, we thank you for your word. And, Father, if you, if you instructed us to forgive, uh, and according to your New Testament, your new covenant, Father, we are still supposed to forgive, but now we forgive because the, the, the Lord, the Father God, has forgiven us because of what Jesus has done. And so, Father, it's easy for us to forgive because if he died for me, he died for the person that's also uh, committing an infraction against my life. And so, Father, we thank you that the Lord Jesus has died and shed blood for all of us, not just for me and not just for other people, but for all of us, Father. And so, Lord, that's why we choose to pardon people and declare them free from guilt as far as we're concerned. And so, Father, we, you give us the capacity to do that. You give us the spirit, the strength to do it, Father. And so, Lord, we thank you that we have the capacity to do it. And we pray the prayer of consecration and dedication, Father, that we will, all the days of our life, choose to forgive those around us for whatever they've done. If you, and if you ever bring up, uh, if you bring up somebody in our heart, Father, and, and there is even a tinge of ill will against them, we will immediately and aggressively pray for them, Father, to forgive them and to ask for your blessings upon their life. And so, Father, we thank you for that. We thank you that, that if you told us to be kind and tender-hearted one to another, then, Lord, we have the capacity to be kind and tender-hearted one to another. You live big on the inside of us. You've empowered us with the great Spirit of God to accomplish all that you've instructed us to do, Father. We don't do it in our own strength. In fact, you told us in Ephesians chapter 3, Father, that we would pray to be strengthened with all might in our inner man, Father. And if we're strengthened with all might in our inner man, all supernatural, miraculous power, in our inner man, Father, then there's nothing that's, that's too hard for us to do. And Father, we'll never say these words that it's hard to forgive. It's the easiest thing in the world, Father, to forgive. Uh, we'll never say these words, it's hard to do what your word says, Father. Empowered by the almighty presence of the Spirit of God, it's the easiest thing in the world, Father, to do what your word says. And so, Father, we thank you for that. 
we will never declare it's hard to be a follower of the Lord Jesus. It's the easiest thing and most empowering thing to be a great follower of the Most High God. And so, Lord, we thank you for these things. We give you the praise and the honor for them, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise God. Um, uh, it's okay if we receive communion. We're a little bit uh, long today, but um, uh, we'll get you primed for lunch. How's that? Uh, and so, uh, Jared, if you'll come ahead, and um, uh, I think the title of today would be like meddling uh, uh, in your business, right? <laughs> uh, that's all right. Amen. Got to do some meddling every now and then. Amen. If all it is to tell up, sit up here and tell us how wonderful we are, then um, um, you wouldn't have any changing to do. Amen. Always, always good to have a list of things to work on in your life. Amen. Uh, and so, uh, I don't keep a list, but the Lord does keep a list on my behalf. You know, He's always like, "Hey, that right there, no." Uh, and, and so, uh, that's one of the, gr- the great blessings of being married, because the Lord tells me how wrong I am every day. My wife hooks up with him all the time too, right? And so, <laughs> I just add that part in there. That word was, wasn't the Lord, but I thought that was pretty good. You know, him, him and the Lord, uh, she and the Lord are, are um, both tell me all the things I do wrong. Actually, she doesn't really do that. She rarely ever tells me that I'm wrong. Uh, she might think I'm wrong, but she rarely ever just comes out and says, well, you're just wrong. Uh, but the Lord on a regular basis tells me to straighten up, amen? Uh, and the prayer of consecration and dedication is, yes, sir, I'd be glad to do that. Uh, and uh, now I may ask for some more information, right? Well, Lord, when you say that, what do you mean by that, right? Um, and so, is the Lord good? Can we do these things? Do you have the capacity to forgive? Do you have the capacity to be kind and tenderhearted? Uh, do you have the, inside of you, do you have the capacity to do these things? Well, sure you do. Uh, if the word of God is so, see, the, the Lord would be very unkind and, and very unjust if he said, I want you to forgive but I'm not going to give you the ability to do that. You've got to come up with it in your own self. There's no way. I, you know, we'd have shot everybody by now, right? Uh, and, and uh, I mean, we would have been so mad and bitter by now if we had to do it in our own strength, amen? But no, the Lord empowers us to do that, amen? That's what Ephesians chapter th- uh, 3 says, that uh, we can be strengthened with all might in our inner man. See, your inner man, your spirit uh, that, that lives on the inside of you is what empowers you to do the will of God, Amen? Uh, and, uh, and if it's strong enough, then it's easy for it to override your flesh and your natural desires. Yes. Amen? Well, I just, I just I can't forgive them. I, I have people, I've had people tell me, for years, I struggle with unforgiveness. You're just lazy. You know, I mean, you don't want to be mean about it, but, well, I mean, it sounds kind of mean, doesn't it? But it's really not. You know, they just don't want to forgive. They think that somebody's deserving of their, their unforgiveness. So what they've done to them is so bad that they are unworthy to be forgiven. Uh, but you're saying that then the blood of Jesus is not powerful enough to forgive them, is what you're saying. And, and that shows very little insight into how amazing the, the blood of Jesus is. Amen? In fact, we're going to receive communion, and we get to talk about how amazing the blood of Jesus is. Amen? Uh, and so, you know, the Lord, uh, uh, in fact, uh, the Last Supper was held just before the crucifixion, right? So... Uh, he came in Jerusalem uh, on, uh, you know, essentially on a day like today, and seven days later he was on the cross, right? Well, actually, Friday he was on the cross, so today was Sunday, and they were doing that. Then Friday he was on the cross, so uh, I guess it was, was a Thursday or, or maybe the Friday uh, was when he was uh, having the Last Supper with his, with his uh, friends. 
except for Judas, who wasn't really his friend, right? Uh, and so, uh, but if you go back, and we're not going to go back today, but if you go back and look at Passover, you know, Passover, they had to uh, kill a lamb, they had to put blood on the doorpost, they had to eat some bitter herbs, and, and do a whole bunch of things. And Jesus is like, you know, all that's great for the old covenant, but I'm, I'm giving you a new setup here. We're going to do two things. We're not doing anything about bitterness. There's no bitterness in communion. Amen. Passover, there was bitterness. You had to remind, be reminded of the bitterness of living under the, the slavery of Egypt. But now we remind ourselves of the, the joy of living uh, under the power of the Lord Jesus. And so the bread here represents, he said, this represents my body, broken for you. Now, people get weird ideas. Well, this becomes the body of Jesus. It will never become anything more than dry, tasteless bread, right? It's not, it's a, no, no supernatural uh, thing in this bread. It just represents the supernatural power of God. And he said, this was broken for you, for you, for your benefit. He didn't have to take stripes, right? Nothing he did was, a, he was not a victim. Everything that he did by choice and with awareness of this is for a, a reason. And every stripe he took on his back, he said, well, uh, that right there is cancer, and that right there is brain disease, and that right there is blood disease, and that's a toe ache, and that is, is arthritis, and that everything that he took, he took for you. And he said, this represents that. Remind yourself that when you re- eat this bread, that he suffered a horrible, painful, physical uh, judgment for you, for me. Amen. This is for you. This, he did this for you. He said, I do this in remembrance of me, what I've done for you. Remember what I've done for you. Amen. And every church in the world that receives communion, uh, how many of them don't mention that, that by his stripes you were healed? That's the whole point of this bread is, is you can live a life free from sickness and disease. Amen. Uh, and, and, he, and he did that for us. He did that for you and for me. Amen. Uh, and so let's thank the Lord for this bread. So Father, we thank you for this bread. We thank you that it does represent uh, your body. We thank you, Father, that every stripe you took, Father, was for my benefit. There's no other value other than what you did for me. And so, Lord, I thank you that I can live free from sickness and disease because of this bread. And we thank you for that, Father, in Jesus' name. And, of course, the juice represents his blood. He said, this blood is shed on your behalf. And every drop of blood of Jesus was precious because he was a he was a lamb without spot and blemish. He was perfect, you know, and, and, and you know, the sacrifice in the old covenant had to be perfect without spot, or, without spot or blemish. And he had no spot or blemish in his whole life. There was no sin in his life at all. And it really, it was, a, it was talking about sin. And so even though he was perfect, they still chose to crucify him. He had done no wrong. Uh, and that's why that makes the blood so powerful that it was innocent blood that was shed for you. And so this, blood, this juice represents his blood. And what, is that, what does that buy us? He purchased us, right? It says that we were redeemed by his blood. It means we were purchased. The word redeemed means we were purchased. So the purchase price, when he looked at you, you were owned by the devil. You were, the whole earth was owned by the devil. Every human being was owned by the devil. And he said, what's the price? And the devil's like, you know, just like, Nowadays, what's the price of eggs, right? They just, they just increase the price just because they can. Oh, you want to buy it? Well, it's going to cost you. Well, you want to buy it, it's going to cost you extra, right? You know, just like when the city wanted to buy some land over there, you know, the, 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 the people selling it, oh, the city wants to buy it? It's a 20% increase, right? You know, well, that's what the devil did. What's the, what's the price of buying mankind? He figured out it, it's infinite. And the Lord says, who do I make the check out to? Yeah, and, he, and he signed it in his blood. 
right? That, is, that was a cost. Your, your cost to redeem you was infinite. And so he, the blood is the only thing of valuable enough in all of the universe uh, in the natural world that was sufficient to pay the price. And he said, yeah, I'll do that. I'll take that deal. And he did. He took that deal, right? That was, a de- that, you know, the devil, he owned you. He could sell you or not sell you. Uh, but, uh, you know, sometimes um, people want to sell it and, and they don't really want to sell it. So just jump, jack up the price real high. Well, it's a million dollars. Okay, I'll take it. Really? Yeah, that, and that's what the deal was, right? The devil's like, it's an infinite cost. And the Lord said, I'll take that deal. And he did it. He took, he shed blood for you, for me, so we can go to heaven. Amen. And so this blood washes away our sins. It paid for our sins. Amen. We can live life free from sin uh, and clean from sin. Amen. And so let's pray and thank the Lord for, for this juice here. So Father, we thank you for, the, for the, the blood of the lamb that was shed on our behalf. And Father, because of that, I can stand before you clean, free from sin and free from sickness and disease because you paid such a great price for me. And if, Father, if you paid such a great price for me, you, you paid the exact same price for everyone in my life, even those that have been unkind to me. And so, Father, we thank you for that, that the blood of Jesus is sufficient for all people on the earth, including my friends and my family and including my enemies, Father. And so, Lord, we thank you for being so kind that you would do that on my behalf. We didn't ask you for, for, for you to do that, Father. You chose to do that because you love us that much. And so, Father, we stand before you clean because of this blood. And we thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise God. Is the Lord good? We appreciate his goodness and kindness. Amen. And um, so don't forget, uh, we'll have healing school today. We won't have healing school uh, next Sunday. Uh, there's a sign-up sheet uh, on the back of the uh, church there for the meal next Sunday. And... Um, and the eggs are in the kitchen, right? And there's some dishes in the kitchen. Uh, what are you pointing there? The eggs are over here? The eggs are in the back of the church there. Dishes are gone. Dishes are gone. Okay, right. So I didn't get that memo quick enough, right? So, um, all right. So eggs are back there. Sign-up sheet's back there. Friday night prayer, 3 o'clock uh, uh, healing school. And um, it's time to receive an offering, right? You all want to receive an offering? Let's receive an offering. Amen. It's such a joy to give. Amen. Uh, the Lord said that it's, it's more blessed to give than receive. Of course, people say, yeah, it's easy if you're on the receiving end. Uh, but uh, I want to be on the giving end. Amen. I love to give. I love to, you know, if, if, uh, uh, if there's an opportunity to give, I love to give. Amen. Uh, the Lord's been so good to, to me and my wife in uh, all the years of our marriage. And, and uh, it's easy to give. Amen. And we thank him for the opportunity to give. And so let's pray and thank the Lord for that. So, Father, we do thank you as we gather together in your name. Um, and learn about your word and your spirit. Father, we thank you that you have blessed us individually, Father, in our, in our natural lives. And so, Father, we thank you that uh, we have the opportunity to give. And, and with, a, with a sincere heart, Father, we're thankful that we can give as you've given to us. And so, Lord, we thank you that your word declares that if we give, that with good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall men give it to our bosom. We thank you for that, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. We'll come ahead, Mr. Jared, and uh, of course, uh, I don't know if our, uh, if our streaming folks are still here, but you know, if you're watching by, by streaming, sometimes people watch uh, uh, services by streaming, there's always a link there. You can go to the link there, and there's a little button that says you can give, and you can enjoy uh, giving uh, like all the folks in the church do, amen? Uh, and so we won't send you a bill or anything, but um, 
Uh, I would encourage you, if, uh, if especially the people that are watching, if, you're, if, you're, if this is your church, and of course it shouldn't be your only church, you know, but sometimes people are not well enough to get out. But uh, I'd encourage you to be uh, participating in giving as well. Amen. Uh, and I, it's not my business to tell you how much to give. Uh, but um, uh, you can do that online and electronically. There's a lot of ways to do that. Amen. And so if you need more information, find the 12-year-old. They can show you how to get online and do all that stuff, right? And so, all right. Praise God. We blessed. Uh, have a wonderful afternoon. And uh, you're dismissed.